Welcome back to another episode of Theology Doesn't Suck, where hopefully theology doesn't suck. With you today, as always, is myself, Josh Patterson, and my good friend, Marty Frederick. What's going down, Marty? Hi there. I'm coming to you straight from New Zealand this day. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. Why are you there? Um, well, it's because I'm from there. Oh. If you haven't figured that out, I'm actually from New Zealand. Pretty good. And so, like, uh, every once in a while, I go back there and uh, see my family. I'm actually not from New Zealand. I just I just like to talk in this voice. Oh, so, right on. That works. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> I'll stop with that. Um, but, uh, Josh, there's something really, 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 really important we have to talk about. Uh-oh. What did I do like, this time? We've been meeting, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of important. Okay. Um, what's, what is today? What's so special about today? Uh, I'm alive. It's, it's raining. Yeah, it is raining. That's true. It's not raining <laughs> by me. It's beautiful by me. It's 78 and beautiful. Oh, nice. But there is something really special about today. It is. Today is, uh, my wife, Noelle, and I's three-year three wedding anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Three years. <laughs> three whole years, dude. Chugging but along. But it's not just three years. Like, you guys just didn't, like, meet each other on your wedding day, and then, like, that's it. Like, so right. like, isn't there more to it? There is, yeah. So Noelle and I actually started dating uh, when we were freshmen in high school. So we've actually been together for 10 years uh, to the day. We... we Purposely got married on the same day we started dating, uh, and I also proposed to Noelle on the same day that we started dating. That way, I always just had to remember one date. See, it was really smart of me. So July 8th, easy to remember. When I started dating, July 8th. When did I get engaged? July 8th. When did I get married? July 8th. Brilliant. When when was Katara born, your dog? Uh, I don't know, three years ago. Yeah. (laughs) See? Now, it wasn't July 8th, though, but I guess you could just celebrate it on July 8th, right? Yeah, we could. We could. She, Noelle knows when it is, or we have a guesstimation. We have, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But yes. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary to you, you. Noelle. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I hope you guys have... I'm uh, much hand-holding today. Ah, yes. that's Well, we're good Christians, so all we ever do is hold hands. That's like... That's good. Yeah, that's the level of our intimate interaction as Christians. And you leave room for the Holy Spirit while you're holding hands? Yeah. So that absolutely. you sit far enough apart from each other so that God can be in the center? Yeah, in between us both. You're right. You're exactly right. Um, that's really wise. That's really wise. It is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's helped us, um, you know, enormously. We even, like... At nighttime in our bed, we even leave room in between us so that God can sleep in between us as well. Well, you guys even stay stay in the same bed. That's bold. That's really bold. Yeah. Well, we prayed about it, and we God, we felt God was saying it was okay for us. You know, I would. I don't know if that's the right move for all married couples, but for us, um, God told us it was okay. So we, uh, that's what we do. Well, that's great. You know. You guys can probably already tell Josh and I are maybe being a little tongue in cheek here because um, <clears throat> if I if I know Josh <clears throat> well enough, uh, I would I would say that uh, uh, Josh knows uh, the importance of intimacy with his wife. 
Great success. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, I said it in a Christian. I said it as Christian as po- as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It, yeah, well, we could just start reading like uh, what is it, Song of Psalms, Song of Solomon. Just start quoting some of that stuff, um, you know. But that might—that's how I would get you know my wife all embarrassed if I started saying like her breasts are like gazelles or whatever. Uh. <laughs> well, are they are they great runners? I mean, I, I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask Solomon, man. He wrote it, not me. He he was pretty wise. Well, I, you know, I just watched Napoleon Dynamite last night, and <laughs> one of the lines, one of the lines I forgot about is when uh, Uncle Rico goes to Starla, which is the Rex Quando guy's wife. Yeah. And he's trying to he's trying to sell her Bust Must Plus. Uh, herbal supplements and she's reading the testimony and it says uh she says uh you know when when i started taking bust must plus i have very large bosoms um i don't feel very comfortable reading this (laughs) (laughs) it's always so funny to me that movie is so great uh it is a great movie i love it i love that movie Yes, it's fantastic. Actually, that movie helped me land my current job, um, if you can believe it. Because, you know, when uh, Napoleon starts listing off his different skills, I definitely stole those and put them on my resume. So it says, like, you know, bow hunting (laughs) skills, computer hacking skills, nunchuck skills. um, They're all on my resume, and it, it worked, so... Did they mention that specifically when they were talking to you in the interview process? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were like, wow, you you have computer hacking skills? That's brilliant. I was like, oh, yeah. And they're like, and you can bow hunt and use nunchucks? I said, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> what do I look like, an idiot? So. <laughs> A freaking 12-gauge, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Tina, come get some ham, you fat lard. <laughs> So John John Gosh. Heater, if you listen to this podcast episode, we'd love to have you on sometime on the episode, and we would interview you as Napoleon. That'd be fantastic. That would be so. And maybe <laughs> maybe we could convert Napoleon from Mormonism to Christianity. That'd be awesome. That'd be perfect. <laughs> you could there could do there could be a new Napoleon Dynamite episode, um, or a new a new Napoleon Dynamite movie. All based on his conversion to Christianity. That'd be good. And speaking of Mormonism, Josh, we have a really cool guest coming on uh, in the in the upcoming weeks. Oh, a yeah. good friend of mine uh, that uh, actually did make that conversion after forty seven years in Mormonism. Wow. Uh, he he converted from Mormonism to Christianity, and he's been uh, a worship pastor at a couple different places, and uh, just is a huge Christ follower. And so he's he's an amazing guy, and uh, I can't wait for y'all to meet him. Uh, I, I believe he and his wife are going to come on and uh, just share what that transition looked like for them, and um, like how they made that transition as a family. So I'm looking forward to that episode. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool, dude. You're right. And also, we have some other real quick. We'll do a quick plug, and then we should jump into our topic for today. Um, but we have some other pretty cool guests coming on here in the near future as well. I mean, do you think yeah. I do you think I should do some name dropping, Marty, or or leave it a secret? I think you should share one of them, Ooh, okay. and then we should and then we should share the others only if people come back and listen next week. So if you want to hear who these other special guests are going to be, you're going to have to listen to the podcast next week also. So just give them one now, and then like you guys are going to want to come back and listen next week just to find out who the next one is. Mm, okay. 
I'm trying to think. Well, let's say all right. I'll I'll do this please one. Please don't please don't say Creflo Dollar oh, is one of those. No, Benny Hinn. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think mm, I'm debating who I should share. All right, I'll share this one. Uh, so Marty, have you heard of a gentleman by the name of Shane Claiborne? I have. Yeah. Well, Mr. Shane Claiborne has agreed to come and speak with us about his most recent book called Beating Guns, and so I'm excited about that. That'll be uh, a lot of fun. Wait, wait, wait. So, like, beating people with guns or what? Yes. Is that, is that the premise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. his his view is, like, if you want to stop gun violence, just don't sell ammunition. Just beat people with guns, and it'll cut down. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, if you, like- if you hear, heard that, Shane, I hope you have a good sense of humor because <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> yeah, and I am as well. Yeah. Uh, but – you know, if 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 Shane w- isn't careful, the guy from Rex Quando might w- might want to fight him. You know, oh from yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> no, but 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 all, all truth be told, that's going to be an awesome episode, and uh, I think it's really timely with uh, there's the, uh, the 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 culture right now and the, the climate, and, and at least in the United States of America, the climate here uh, just has that feel right now, where that's a that is a a hot button topic. So it'll be good to talk with someone on that. Oh, absolutely, and he. He really does a good job of approaching it um, from kind of a unique angle uh, that's not just like, you know, he thinks kind of like either extreme isn't really helpful. So it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited to talk with him. He's doing some really cool things, some great work. Um, so I'm excited about that. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All right. Well, Marty, uh, we have an idea for what we wanted to talk about today. Do you want to... Uh, kind of introduce that idea for us. Yeah, I would love to. So um, this idea, and um, we did not necessarily get permission from this person <laughs> to do this, so we're, I'm not going to give any names or anything like that. Uh, just kind of propose this as just sort of a general idea. Um, last week, Josh and I had a conversation with somebody uh, via social media platform. Uh, it was private conversation in nature um, about just a specific type of doctrine within a specific type of denomination. Um, and this person was uh, was attempting to set up the premise that if we didn't follow it, well, he was, in, he was looking to find if we followed after this specific piece of doctrine. And then if we, and would then made the claim that if we didn't follow that piece of doctrine, that we were not Christ followers at all. Right. Um, and, uh, and so the topic for today's episode is we have that conversation and just kind of we're working through that with him and then working through that, the two of us separately afterwards, like just trying to really like understand like what was like, where was this, was this person coming from? Uh, we, we felt like it'd be a great topic of conversation just to talk about uh, the idea of doctrine and dogma and like the, the basic premise of like, you know, it's not like, it's not that we don't think there should be doctrine that people should follow after and that people should subscribe to. Um, but it should never be the type of doctrine that's like, you know, if you don't believe in this specific thing that is extra Christo, uh, I made that word up literally on the spot, Josh. Well done. Um, I like it. Extra Christo. Um, it sounds like a seminary follow- word. So I believed you. Well, 
eight. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to go with it then. I read it in a book sometime, but <laughs> um, no, I didn't. Uh, but So obviously what I mean by extra Christo would be anything that isn't Jesus centric. So if you're going to say, you know, in order for salvation, you're going to take Jesus, but you're going to attach this other thing to Jesus and say, in order for you to be saved, you've got to have Jesus, but you've also got to have this other piece. Um, then like, that's something that just knowing Josh well enough, I, I can speak for the both of us and say, that is not cool. No. Uh, we are not down with that. And so, um, we wanted to kind of have a uh, conversation around that topic, but then also just kind of wanted to um, kind of make maybe like state our personal claims <laughs> on that because I felt like um, we wanted to, after have, having that conversation, one of the things I walked away from Josh feeling was, you know, I wonder if if we oftentimes share some of our feelings on those like extra biblical type topics, but we don't necessarily share our feelings on like the basics of faith oh, sure. in the episodes. Cause I think we kind of walk around and we, we record those episodes kind of with the premise that like those are set aside and figured out. Like we, we don't have to, we don't, there's no need to establish those because we, we, those are kind of rooted. We, we know each other, but I think it's good for us just to say, uh, we are not down with extra biblical and extra Christo uh, doctrine. <laughs> yeah. So. No, for sure. And it's, it's, a, I think it'd also be helpful too, especially like since this podcast is more uh, conversational and we have guests, you know, come on and talk from um, all different kinds of, you know, backgrounds and theological beliefs and convictions. Um, and, you know, we've had some people reach out and kind of be like, Hey, you know, why aren't you condemning these people on the spot? Like, why do you talk to them? Why are you agreeing with them? Like, I thought, you know, you guys are Christians, whatever. Um, and so I think it's just important to realize that, uh, you know, to talk about different, you know, areas of doctrine so people can understand where we're coming from and also realize that just because we converse with people, uh, don't conflate that with we fully agree with them, even if we're not, you know, straight up calling them out on the episode. Um, for me, at least, Marty, uh, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, when we have guests on, I kind of use it as a time of learning for myself. So like if we're talking to somebody and they're saying something, I'm going to try to think like them, speak like them, uh, give them back what they're saying in real time. Uh, and I understand why that comes off as, oh, Josh just agrees with, you know, everybody that comes on. Uh, but that's not always the case. But I just I guess I'm more interested in conversations. Anyway, that's a quick side note. Yeah. Uh, I just think that'd be helpful for, for some people to hear me say um, just because, you know, a couple people have, have DM'd us, um, and I've had great conversations with them, but, um, yeah. Well, and I think it's also worth pointing out too, that, you know, we, for, number one, we are the ones inviting these people to come on our podcast. Yep. Uh, so the, well, the, the non-Christian thing to do would be to invite them on our podcast and then come and just begin to bash them the entire time, <laughs> but also just like the not cool person, like you, like human thing to do would be to invite them on our podcast and then bash them for their thoughts. So like, you know, that's something that we're just never going to do. You know, we're, we're going to invite people on the podcast to, you know, continue conversations sort of like our episode with Chris, uh, with, with C. Christopher Smith last week kind of talked about yeah. was just like, you know, the importance of conversation in the church. Church, and I think that's good for everyone to kind of hear the different areas that people are coming from and to also know like, hey, there's you're going to hear things and you're not going to, to agree with them. But it's not my job to tell you that you shouldn't agree with them. It's your job to sit, sit, sit down with God and listen to the Holy Spirit and, and discern what God wants you to do with the information you have. 
Um, but then, then also on top of that, like, you know, we, we invite these people to come on these, on the podcast because we've read their book or we've listened to their podcast and we are saying to ourselves, this person is an expert on this or this or this. So like, you know, when we have Shane Claiborne on the episode, you know, in a few weeks from now, like it would not behoove me based on my knowledge set to argue with this man about what he has spent so much time studying um, or with my friend next week, it would not be a good idea for me to tell him what Mormons believe <laughs> and what Mormons currently believe. Instead, it would be better for him to share that with me. But if I was bashing him and telling him he was wrong, like he's the expert. Right. And like we're simply a medium. And so I think oftentimes, you know, even though we've read the book or even though we've even read up on some of the aspects of it, like we can't possibly – match the level of expertise that these people have on these topics that they're so like that they're going after so much like Thomas J. Ord and like I mean for us to argue with with Thomas J. Ord about like his thought process on those certain things like it would just not be good for us like, we just are not <laughs> we just aren't experts on what he and I mean it's impossible I can't be an expert on what someone else's theology is because they've spent the time discerning and praying and working through that. And while I might look at it and say, oh, well, that's not, that's not basic classic Christianity, you know, they've spent that time. And so like, I guess, I guess to say all those things is number one, it's rude for us to argue with people that come on as guests and tell them that they're stupid uh, just because we don't agree with them. But then two, like, you know, those people have spent a lot more time with the topic than we have. And so I think what Josh is saying, what I, what I agree with is like, this is a time for conversation. This is a time to, to bring things to light and to kind of hear about things. And sometimes the questions that have to get asked to pull out more information, you know, may seem to be posed as like, Oh, you know, this Josh must agree that like Jesus didn't exist. Well, no, (laughs) Josh doesn't agree with that. But like in order to get the information from this person, sometimes we've got to ask the question. So I I, I think uh, people just need to know that like, this is not going, if, if you're looking for a podcast that is like basic classic Christianity, that like never challenges anything, never asks any questions. Just go listen to sermons on podcasts. Like, <laughs> that will that will get you like find your church's sermons or a, a preacher that you really like and just listen to his sermons on podcasts every week and be satisfied. But like if you want to be questioned and challenged your faith, like this is the place to be. So absolutely, absolutely. That's well said, Marty. So thank you for that. Uh, but anyway, I guess we can go ahead and jump in then. And Marty, I shared with you before coming on. Uh, this, you know, uh, framework, I guess, that I work out of when it comes to, to doctrine, and it, it uses an imagery of concentric circles. I feel like that might be a cool place to start. So do you mind if I share that? Do it. Sweet. All right. So uh, basically, there's this idea, um, and I first encountered it in uh, Greg Boyd, actually, um, but then also Bonnie Christian, <laughs> Um, who we've ref- referenced a numerous amount of times on the show, uh, she also um, brought it to light in, in her book as well. But basically, it's this idea of four concentric circles. Um, so if you don't know what concentric means, it, like picture a Target logo, like bullseye. Um, and that probably sounded really condescending, and Josh is an asshole. But anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so four concentric <laughs> circles. Uh, the center, the target, the main thing is Christ Jesus. Jesus is the central, non-negotiable anchor of our faith. Um, And so we don't mess with that. And then the next circle outside of that is dogma. And dogma is basically 
uh, agreed upon things that are, you know, ecumenical in nature. So things that both the Catholic and the Protestant church agree on, uh, things that make Christians Christians as a whole. So think of the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. Those are things on the level of dogma, and you don't touch that. You don't, you know, you, you don't go against dogma, or then, you know, again, that's where you start to fall into the realm of heresy. Um, and then on the outside of that is doctrine. That's the next circle. Now, doctrine uh, is extremely important. Doctrine is something that you should take seriously. It is something you should think about, pray about, you know, study scripture, talk to God, all those kind of things uh, to form healthy doctrine. However, Marty and I could have two doctrines that disagree with each other, and we are still both perfectly within the realm of Christian orthodoxy. Um, that's the level of doctrine. Doctrine is something that like splits denominations. It's part why we have, you know, so many denominations, um, is because they disagree on doctrinal issues. However, um, you know, a Methodist wouldn't necessarily say that like a a Lutheran, they're not real Christians or the Presbyterians, they're fake Christians or the, you know, whatever. Um, and then the final circle, the one on the outside, uh, is opinion, and opinion are things that, you know, people can disagree about within the same church, in the same, you know, church family, community, congregation, uh, and, you know, still, um, you know, be fine. Uh, so those are the four uh, levels, I guess. Remember, Christ at the center, then doc- uh, dogma, doctrine, opinion. And so um, just to add one more thing to, to maybe for those of you who like colors, Um, When I teach this to students, I put a red circle around Jesus, a red circle around dogma, you know, kind of like a stoplight, you know, and then a yellow circle around doctrine, which is caution, you know, be very careful here, and then a green light around opinions, um, because they're opinions. So what do you think about that, Marty? You know, I really like that, and I I think, you know— what's important for the—in that aspect is just to say, you know— when we think about Jesus, you know, I mean, we can, we can look through the Bible and we can see, you know, tons and tons and tons of evidence of, of Jesus in the Bible. But then there's also, you know, secular scholarly journals that also confirm the existence of Jesus. And so like, if we, I mean, obviously Jesus is a, is a non-negotiable. Um, and, and I think that that's worth mentioning. It's just that, you know, they're like, when you think about Jesus as non-negotiable and then dogma, sort of the things that sort of like the basic tenets of the Christian faith, you know, all of us are going to say, if you want to call yourself a Christian uh, and you want to say, oh, you know, like I, I'm a sort of in that basic realm of Christianity, you know, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is three in one, uh, you know, and then, you know, that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Um, and, you know, that Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life while he was here on earth. Um, and then Jesus died on the cross and then rose again three days later. I mean, all those things are the things that you would say, all right, this is what makes me a Christian. This is what makes me a Christ follower. Um, but then beyond that, uh, like Josh had said, is the things that create denominations, the things that, you know, say like, so when you have a non-denominational church, you know, they may make stances and they may make, have opinions and thoughts about doctrine. Like they may say like, our doctrine on this is this. For instance, the church I'm at is a, is an adult believers baptism church. Uh, And so they would, that would be their doctrine on baptism. But there's definitely a church right now on the street that believes in infant baptism. And those, these two churches 
are able to coincide in the same place and still call each other Christians because that doctrine doesn't define our faith. It just simply defines our the 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 set of uh, presuppositions we have together as Christ followers. I mean, it, it's it's I realize it's also kind of a it's it's a it's a it's a careful path to walk on too yeah. because I think um, in for some people the idea of doctrine hasn't been this is just my denomination, but instead, which was the situation we dealt with last week, um, it's it, instead it is um, this piece of doctrine is not doctrine. This is dogma. This is Jesus. You know, this is the basics. Yeah. Um, and so, Josh, do you, do you think do you think it's safe if we kind of just lay out the the piece of doctrine that this this gentleman was was talking about? Yeah, I think so. But let me I want to comment real quick on what you just said, and then we'll jump into oh, yeah, that. Because yeah, yeah. I think you made a really good point, Marty. Um, and this is something that I actually get frustrated with. So if my tone of voice changes, I apologize. But great, there's there's. <laughs> This idea that you said of people conflating doctrine with dogma is extremely dangerous, and it is harmful to the body of Christ. It is harmful to other people who call themselves Christians. And I mean, we see this going on like right now, like not to call anybody out, but like um, there are people that are all sorts of up in arms about, um, who is it, Beth Moore and her kind of like changing her stance on women in ministry. And there's people saying like, oh, the church is going to hell in a handbasket because we're allowing women to be pastors. That is an issue that is at the level of doctrine. They conflate it to dogma and then say like, you know, we're screwed. And and the way that um, Christians treat each other and talk to each other when, you know, we have these doctrinal issues is just, um, it's insane to me. And then this is where we get into the realm, and this is why I get frustrated because this word has definitely been thrown at me plenty of times, and I, you know, use it joking around. Um, but a lot of times with specific denominations, I'm not going to call anybody out. Um, but with spe- specific denominations, they're taught that when someone's doctrine is different, they are a heretic, and that is a dangerous, dangerous word that I think is extremely overused today. Um, you know, basically people use it with, oh, you disagree with me, you're a heretic. And that's just, it's just insane. It's stupid, quite frankly. Um, and it's harmful. Or people, or, or, or someone says, you disagree with my set of doctrine, exactly. which I am not, I, which I have conflated into dogma. And so I'm claiming that you are a heretic, even though the things I'm basing that on are doctrine, not dogma. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And so real quick too, I just want to... Just to, to get to show something, to help make a point, I thought it'd be helpful if I read the Apostles' Creed for everybody, um, which helps us in this realm of dogma. These are core tenets of the Christian faith um, you know that I know for a fact, Marty and Josh, my, Marty and myself, <laughs> and Matt, you know, uh, all hold to um, and subscribe to. And so here, the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hold on a second. You said the Holy Catholic Church. I did. Catholic just... <laughs> so, that's a good point. Um, so, this... A lot of times... <laughs> Sorry, Josh. No, you're good. So, a lot of times, people get uh, confused about this because they're like, oh, well, you're a Protestant. Why are you, you know, um, confessing to the Catholic Church? Well... Um, if you don't know this, if you do know this, you know, it's always good to hear again. The word Catholic just means universal. Um, and so when, and also when that creed was written, uh, we didn't have like the Protestant Catholic split, like the Reformation didn't happen yet, that kind of stuff. So it just means the universal church. Um, so the, the body of Christ oh. as a whole, that's what it means. So there we go. Now we know. If you don't know, that's now great. you know. I'm not going to finish that phrase because... I'll get in trouble. Brother. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Neighbors. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, so is so thanks, Josh. That's that's all good. And and you know, I, I'm glad that you kind of laid that out. It is dangerous to conflate those things together and to look at those things in, in the wrong ways and to use words. I think people these days uh, in this culture, people are, you know, some some people are, you know, hey, words are very hurtful, and some people are like, oh, just suck it up and deal with it. But words are very powerful, and if you think about it, uh, words are literally the number one means of communication that we have. <laughs> and so when when we use words uh, in ways that are meant to degrade and bring down. Um, they can be very powerful and they can leave lasting and lingering impacts for a very long time. Absolutely. Um, and then, and that's with a healthy person. And then when you deal with someone who deals with anxiety or depression uh, or anything along those lines, uh, words can have a lasting impact for decades uh, and can really become rooted uh, in, in those things. And so it's important to hear the words you're using, but also choose the words that you use carefully um, and do that in such a way to build people up. I mean, we are, we, so when we think about this as a general whole, and we're talking about Christians as a whole, you know, our job is to build up the body of believers and encourage each other and to go out and make disciples of all nations. And so, when we spend time, which is, I'm, this is my segue into what this gentleman was sharing with us. Um, when you spend time uh, doing your best to go around and spread doctrine to other Christians and find and basically tell them that your doctrine is right, their doctrine is wrong. I mean, I just have to be honest. This is my personal opinion. Some may disagree, but it's an absolute waste of time. <laughs> when that time time could be spent going out and getting people to become to build the body up more, as far as finding new people to bring to to, to Jesus. To me, that's a bigger, a better use of our time than touting doctrine to people who already believe, people who already are Christ followers and like could tell you here, like this gentleman was talking to us and I was, he was sharing scripture and I was saying, well, what about this passage? What about this passage? What about this passage? And he wouldn't respond to those. He just continued to tell us that we were wrong, continued to tell us that this doctrine of his was the right way and the only way, I guess is what I should say. So, um, this gentleman was telling us um, that um, speaking in tongues is the only evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you are not a Christ follower, a true Christ follower, unless you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so we could get into that specific 
area of doctrine. We could talk about that for hours and hours and hours. We talked to this guy for like 45 minutes and it was like at the end of the conversation, I looked back at the conversation and I was like, you know, we literally got nowhere. Yeah, nothing like this happened. conversation <laughs> for 45 minutes was just a round conversation. What I mean by that is like when we got back to it, we realized that we were right back where we started and we had walked around this circle and nothing had changed from the very beginning. Um, and so this gentleman was essentially telling us that if we um, if we wanted to be real Christ followers, we needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, and we needed to have received the gift of tongues. And that was the only evidence of the idea that we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And therefore, if we did not speak in tongues or had never spoken in tongues before, we were not Christ followers at all. Um, there's a specific phrase that he used, um, and uh, I felt it was interesting to me that he used the phrase this way because I felt like it was, like, I almost felt like it was extra hurtful, <laughs> almost, in some ways, like it was extra, um, like, it's hard to, it's hard to describe. Um, so he said, um, uh, re- to receive the Holy Ghost, you must speak in tongues, and without the Holy Ghost, you are none of his. Uh, and so Josh, I'm curious. I mean, obviously we already talked about this and we, you know, we have our opinions on this matter, I'm sure. Um, and I'm sure those, those of you listening in, uh, are, are, have your, your thoughts and opinions on it too. And, and I want to just make sure I say this before I move on. Um, if you're a charismatic and you're listening to this and, uh, you are saying, um, you know, well, I speak in tongues and, uh, you know, and, and you're getting worried that we're trying to tell you that that's wrong. I want to say first and foremost to you that you do not have to apologize for your own doctrine, your own faith, the things that you believe in. And that's the purpose of this episode. You don't have to apologize for what doctrine you have. Um, what I what I would say is, is that if you're someone like this gentleman, um, that maybe you ought to reconsider your aspect and your, and your sort of like the way you go about speaking to people. Um, but I would, I would also make it clear that like, I have personally spoken in tongues often and regularly and still do. And so, um, it was interesting. I kind of laid that out right at the beginning of the conversation, Josh. And then he kind of was like, oh, well, you know, but, you know, and then he gets continued on with it, uh, hmm. even though like I had said, oh, no, dude, like, listen, like I've done this. And so like <laughs> you're preaching to me and like I, I, there are parts of what you're saying that like I agree with, but I don't agree with telling me that like if I don't do this, then I'm going to hell. Right. Um, and so, yeah, th- that's that's kind of the setup of what he had to say. And then, Josh, maybe hear some of your opinion on that. Yeah, well, so the I guess the thing that frustrated me the most about our conversation is that I wouldn't even call it a conversation. This person came to us not seeking conversation. They didn't want to come and talk about something and hear other opinions and discuss it and then make a, a wise, you know, uh decision after that takes discernment and prayer and things like that, they wanted to just come and say, if you don't believe this, you are wrong and you are going to hell. And so they weren't even open to conversation. Um, And then just like you were saying, all the way throughout, just they were very condescending, (laughs) like trying to do do this thing where it's like, oh, I'm saying this to you out of love because I love you, brother. But 
you're going to hell. Like that's just, so that's, that's really what, uh, what frustrated the most, you know, to me as well. But one thing that came out of that, that I thought was super interesting is he kept making this point that, you know, you can have good fruit and, uh, you're still going to hell because, um, you haven't done all these certain things and you haven't earned your salvation. So he was professing a works righteousness and was openly doing so. Um, but then he would say like, oh yeah, but I'm not the judge, but you're going to hell, but I'm not the judge. I'm just telling you, you're going to hell. Like Christians are going to hell, you know, thousands of them every day, uh, kind of thing. So I don't know. It was just overall frustrating for me. Um, but also too, it seems to me that this person um, was has probably just been strongly indoctrinated by their denomination. Specifically, he's an apostolic Pentecostal, so he's probably been fed this stuff uh, for a re- either he's been fed this for a really long time, or he came to faith via the apostolic uh, Pentecostal church. And so, um, you know, those are those seem to me to be the two options. Um, you know, when somebody is, is very strict on doctrine, isn't willing to have conversation, um, you know, calls you out on things if you disagree with them, even if they're not matters of salvation or faith, um, then they either one of those two things happened. And then they get super indoctrinated. They don't think for themselves. Um, and I think that can be dangerous. Yeah. And I think I think the other side of this, too. So like, what 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 I was trying to think about after this conversation was, you know, okay, where's the like, what's the lesson? Because I, so as I've mentioned before on the podcast, like I believe personally very strongly in the sovereignty of God, and so I I think about this and I say, okay, what was God's reason for me wanting to have this conversation? Like, well, why did he? Why did God put this conversation into my life? Because obviously it wasn't. I mean, it was random. It was obviously very much out of nowhere. Um, although there, it was. It, I will say this: uh, mini sidebar. Um, it did fall on the day where we also had like two or three other Instagram and Facebook kind of like trolling. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, and that was the same day, if you remember last week, that Instagram had like – and Instagram and Facebook had like that whole thing where like the pictures weren't loading right. and like everything was messed up. So like something was weird <laughs> <laughs> about social media that day. Um, but but I also think like – so I, I walked away from that saying, you know, God, wh- why did you want me to have this conversation? Like what was the purpose behind it and like where – what did I gain and learn from this and kind of take away from it and what was I supposed to do with it? And um, I think the question that I walked away from this really just wrestling with and I think it's where God wants me to think right now and go with is why are we so hateful towards our fellow Christians? Oh, absolutely. Um and, and, and I think that's the question, Josh, that, that just like really digs deep at me. And like, I, I mean, I was, I was guilty of this for the longest time. I mean, and I would like, I, there was moments where like after, you know, working in one church, just like really despising that type of thought process and then going to another one and like really despising that thought process as well. And then like, no, I'm where I'm at and like, I'm, everything's great. And so like, oh, well, you know, those people just must have been idiots. <laughs> like, everyone else is, everyone else is terrible. These people are great. But I started thinking about that and I, I think like, you know, for some reason we 
are more interested in tearing down others of faith than we are in building up Jesus or Christ's church. Sure. And it, and and I and I th- and I realize that's a di- in, an incredibly subjective and broad statement. So like, give me gr- a little grace there. But like, you know, when we look at other people and we say, "Oh wow," you know, so and so had a child out of wedlock. I thought they were a Christian. <laughs> you know, okay, well, <laughs> they might they probably are a Christian, and they they probably were before, and they probably still are. They just made bad decisions. And you know, when somebody says. Like, oh, I heard that person drop an F-bomb a couple times. I thought they were a Christian. Like, I remember. When I dropped uh, the F-bomb? Two or th- <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> but a um, couple, and I know you're not an NBA guy, Josh, but um, a couple, maybe three or four seasons ago in the NBA finals, um, Steph Curry, everyone knows, is a big Christian. Yep. And um, there was a game where, like, he cussed out the refs in the NBA Finals. And, like, it was on national TV or probably international TV. Um, And so, like, everybody saw this. And there was a meme that went around, like, you know, like, talking about, like, oh, like, every every Christian's face when they heard Steph Curry cussing out the refs. And it was, like, a guy with, like, a a totally exasperated look. (laughs) And, like... You know, and and then so the now people, you know, I bet you, I'm willing to bet that there are Christians walking around right now or walking around after that 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 said to themselves, I thought Steph Curry was a Christian, but maybe not <laughs> because I saw that. Right. Um, and so you see somebody in like their worst moment or someone in a moment of passion where they're just like they're they they kind of lash out about something, and then that kind of defines them as who they are rather than you know, being who they really are, you know, and knowing that person well enough to say, or just, you're just saying like, Hey, I actually don't know this person at all. And so I'm not going to make any judgments, but you know, I thought about that and I said, I was wondering, like, I wonder what it was that this guy initially thought like, Oh, I'm going to ask these guys this question because I also asked him if he listened to the podcast and he didn't answer me on that. (laughs) So like, I don't know if he actually even listens to the podcast, but like, we've never really talked about anything charismatic before on the podcast. Yeah. Never have we. So like, so like the answer to your question, Josh is like, what, what was he trying to accomplish is honestly, I, you know, I agree with your, your sentiments that he just is deeply indoctrinated. Maybe he did come to faith. Maybe it's both of those things, but it, it, it could also just be the idea that he isn't secure in his own belief. Oh, on sure, that. And sure. so the best thing he can do is to reach out and have a conversation with people and then use it as a way for him to like build up his own belief in that doctrine because he's talking with people who are going to maybe just or aren't just going to say, oh, yeah, sure, that sounds great, which sidebar I realize is hypocritical based on what we said at the very beginning of the podcast, <laughs> but uh, he's not a guest on the podcast. <laughs> uh, well, in in some ways he is today. But he <laughs> just doesn't know it. <laughs> um, but, like, I feel like that was a part of it, that he – he 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 was looking to speak to us and then like essentially like you know sharpen his tools sure, on sure. his own personal doctrine on it and then when he found that like he it wasn't going to just simply be us being like oh yeah sure like i guess you're right i guess we aren't christians i bet i guess we better just start speaking in tongues right now which by the way isn't how it works <laughs> um he wasn't, I mean, I could tell that he wasn't necessarily very prepared to answer questions about the things he was providing as his evidence. He just simply had the evidence right, um, right. in his mind. And so, like, my challenge to Christians 
out there is number one, like to ask you the question and for you to ask yourself the question regularly, why do I want to tear down other Christians? And I don't care what their belief is. I don't care how liberal they seem to you or how conservative they seem to you. Ask yourself the question, why do you want to tear them down? What benefit will it serve you? What benefit will it serve Jesus? Because Jesus does not need you to fight for him. I'm sorry. (laughs) He doesn't need you to fight for him. Jesus does not, I'm going to say it again, Jesus does not need you to fight for him at all. He doesn't. Basic straight up. He doesn't need you. Um, And so, like, if you walk around saying, like, I've got to tear down other Christians because Jesus needs me to stand up for him, no, he doesn't. (laughs) He does not need that. Um, So, number one, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Uh, What what benefit will it serve me in the church? Uh, And what benefit will it serve the church in general? Um, but then, but then, two, if you're gonna state something as do- that that is doctrine as dogma, you've got to be able to back it up. And it, I would not cherry pick single Bible verses or two to three pa- two to three scriptures in a row to call it a passage to say this is my evidence for it. Unless it's like, hey, I'm gonna tell you that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and here's the evidence. Uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Like, if you're going to take a passage that Paul wrote and say, this is my evidence that this doctrine is the only way, I'm I'm personally going to look at you with a, skept- a skeptical eye. Sure. Um, and so you need to be able to back yourself up so that when you speak to people, you've got an you've got the ability to talk to them about these things, but then also you've got the, like uh, the love and compassion inside of you to say, like, I realize that this isn't dogma. This isn't, you know, Jesus, this is something separate from that. But I just find that I personally really like this and I want to share it with you. And I I think there's a different way to go about doing things than most of us are doing it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I don't know what you think about that, Josh. No, I think you're right on, man. And I think, I mean, I think basically what you're describing is humility within faith. I think that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. Humility is key. If you aren't willing to have humility and, um, you know, enter conversation with this idea that, Hey, I could be wrong about this. Um, like that's just an issue. And dude, like I get, I don't know. I get so frustrated because like you were saying, Christians, like we're so mean to each other. Like just, if you don't believe me, uh, go on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, get one and then start following some of the big names, quote unquote, big names within the realm of Christianity. Um, and follow people that are super conservative and follow people that are super liberal. Um, and you will see just people are, are evil to one another, just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole thing, like what I get frustrated about is if you truly believe that this is like such an important issue and that th- these other people are your brothers and sisters in Christ, and you're just going to tear them down and make fun of them and belittle them, then you're not actually trying to help somebody see your point of view. You're just being a dick. Like you're just trying to, mm-hmm. you know, pump yourself up, inflate your own ego. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm more spiritual. I'm more holy. I know God better than you. I know Jesus better than you. And that's just dangerous. Like there is so much pride. Um, you know, amongst Christians. And, uh, you know, I see this 
again, I don't want to call out anything specifically, but listeners who are uh, maybe more savvy to, to you know conversations like this would know who I'm talking about. But there are specific denominations and backgrounds that just straight up breed pride. In your faith, they breed pride, and then they use circular mm-hmm. arguments um, that just you know you know toot their own horn and then use it to tell everybody else they're wrong. And that's yeah. as soon as somebody comes with a, a prideful perspective. Um, and you know, my hackles go up and I also realized though too, that, um, you know, what I'm saying right now could, you know, be coming off as prideful because I'm acting like I'm better than other people. And I get that. Um, but I guess just what I want to point out as well is that, um, I'm not, when I'm talking about these extreme views, I'm not talking about just conservatives or just liberals. I think that, you know, basically super extreme conservatives and super extreme liberals are almost the same people in my mind. Like you can be a fundamentalist that is super conservative and you can, you know, be a fundamentalist that is super, uh, liberal as well. And, um, you know, a lot of times people within the liberal camps, uh, will say things like, Oh, we're so inclusive and we have all this nice stuff. Um, but then as soon as you disagree with them, they're like, you're out. And so that's just Mm -hmm. as wrong as what super conservative people do. So you need a level of humility. You need to, we need to break free from this just dualistic thinking um, of this is either black or white, right and wrong. We need to have nuance in our theology. We need to have nuance in our conversations. Uh, We need to realize um, that we could be wrong. Um, And, you know, just remember at the end of the day, we're ultimately clinging to Christ. My... The, the foundation of my faith is in Christ Jesus and Christ alone. That's the foundation of my faith. That's where I think people should put their foundation of their faith is in Christ Jesus. And if that's what we're working from, if that's the core, um, then we need to recognize that our brothers and sisters uh, that differ from us, they still love God too. They still love Jesus, you know, too. Um, and just have that humility um, in our conversations and yeah, I don't know. I'm just ranting or rambling, but no, it's, it's good. You know, I think also to, 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 I think to go into these conversations and and something that I walked away from and and it's a little bit of a confession for me. So like, just take, take, hear me out. Let me be emotional. (laughs) Um, Josh and I are similar in these kinds of ways. So I think he'll understand. Um, you know, I walked away from the conversation at first kind of like, what the heck was this guy's problem? And like, <laughs> like, why was he going after us? And I told him I agreed with him. So like, why did he do this? Um, but then I kind of walked away later on that night kind of almost lamenting the fact that I didn't think to myself in the conversation, okay, I wonder, like, okay, let me just think from this guy's perspective for just a moment and think, you know, it, does he maybe, is he really – is he really actually being a- aggravated or angry? No, he wasn't ever really aggravated or angry in the conversation, and it wasn't ever like that. Um, but was there any part of the conversation where maybe he, you know, actually had like, where maybe he actually had the best interests in mind? Like maybe he really was, like just thinking what he was doing was the right way to go. Oh, sure. And like maybe he wasn't thinking about that as far as like, hey, I'm going to bring this conversation to these guys and like I'm just really genuinely curious about their answer. But, you know, I mean, and and 
I, I think there's a part of it that, I mean, it wasn't like that. I mean, there were there were aspects of the conversation where he said he wanted it to be that way, but then his words didn't say that. Um, but, you know, I, sometimes I think, you know, sometimes we need to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, and think, OK, you know, what what is this person actually trying to accomplish? And like, you know, is there a way that maybe I can kind of, you know, assist and be a part of that with them in some capacity and just kind of go along with it and be like, Hey, like, you know, this person is actually trying to be legitimate. Now I get it. This guy was not. And so I just want to put that out there and say that, but I kind of lamented that a little bit. Mm. And so I think we can go about these conversations with people and we can, we can look at those things and we can say, what is this person trying to accomplish in this conversation does this person have Christ's best interest in mind? Does this person have the church's best interest in mind? And if I can't genuinely say no, they don't, I think I owe it to myself to at least listen for a little bit. And so as you're mentioning Twitter, like there are some times where like someone will make, I'll see someone make a statement on Twitter and I'll kind of scroll through some of the comments just to see. But there are also there are other times when I will see someone make a statement that's just hateful and derogatory and awful and I don't want to read that statement. Like there was someone that you, you might remember what it was more so, Josh, but when I remember when Rachel Held Evans died a few months ago, um, a Christian made a comment that was like extremely derogatory about her. Oh, I was pissed off like, about that. Something along Yeah, something along the lines of like, oh, it's a good thing this this heretic is gone. Exactly. Now, or That's, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they wrote a it was um uh pen and pulpit or something like that. They're a uh, conservative reformed yeah, pul- new, pulpit, pulpit and, and pen, pen yeah, yeah, Christian news source, and their the head title, the headline of their thing was like "Heretic Dead at 35" or something like that. Like they didn't even identify them as a person, and that is wrong. That is hateful. That is mm-hmm. not Christ-like. Like anytime somebody yeah. do, does that, I'm gonna call them on it because that's just that's just it's straight up right. insanity. But then there was another aspect where um, uh, Jill Houston um, from Hillsong United, uh, he, he in one of their songs called So Will I, um, there's a lyric um, that it says, um, and as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath, evolving in pursuit of what you said um, is the lyric. And so all of these conservative Christians began attacking Hillsong United and Joel Houston over that word, calling him an evolution Christian and saying that like he couldn't be a true Christian if he believed in evolution, which, listen, we could do an entire series of episodes (laughs) on that topic. So like, (laughs) I don't think that's a topic of discussion for today, but like they didn't read the lyrics and the lyrics specifically say evolving in pursuit of what you said. So not in you being God. So like, you know, Joel Houston specifically came out and said, listen, I wasn't making a statement about evolution and trying to be like, hey, I think science is right about evolution. And then he said, although they could be, I'm not an expert. But what he said was like the the premise here is that like I am feeling a certain way about something and I'm putting it into lyrics and I'm trying to like express myself in this way. But like, I don't feel like it's fair for this person to come out and say, Oh, don't listen to any more Hillsong music. Don't talk to those people. Don't listen. Don't do any more of the Hillsong music in in your church anymore because of this ridiculous situation that happened. Um, Josh, I'm going to share one more story. um, If that's all right. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, (laughs) 
um, so um, Josh and I worked at the same church before. Uh, we won't say what church. Um, and uh, when we were working at this church, there was a an, an instance where the uh, the Christian news organization Christianity Today um, broke this news story that Bethel Church in Redding, California, was using tarot cards. Uh-huh. And um, it was this big, huge supposed scandal that someone came out and said Bethel Church is using tarot cards at their BSSM school, which is the the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, and so this was a big deal uh, to many conservative Christians um, and I think to many liberal Christians even still also. I think they're kind of like tarot cards, really. Like, what is this all about? And so the pastor that Josh and I worked for asked me about this and said, if this is true, we may not be able to do any more Bethel music at our church. Um, Being the person that I am and just I love Bethel music in general, um, you know, I I realize that some of the things that their pastors say on stage and in books, um, some find uh, controversial, but that's a topic for another day as well. Uh-huh. Um, and so he said, we're not going to do this unless we can figure out that it's not true. So I went on a crusade. And so I started talking to different people that I know that have visited Bethel church, talking to different people that actually go to Bethel church that I know people that went to the Bethel school of supernatural ministry that I know just to get to the bottom of this. Like, what is the deal? So here's the deal. They weren't using tarot cards. And they weren't doing this at all. And the the head of the Bethel School Supernatural Ministry, Chris Valaton, actually came out and said, this is not true. Uh, here is where this came from. And there was this, this was a public statement on Facebook. A student of the BSSM school, uh, BSSM, yeah, I, I'm, I'm making sure I'm saying it right. Yeah, is you it, don't want to say <laughs> like BDSM or something like that. Yeah, or, or, or BSSSSSM <laughs> or something. Um, but the, so a student at that school was from Australia. His parents ran a ministry in Australia in which they used a specific card called destiny cards. And the destiny cards were specifically designed to look like tarot cards, but on each card would be scripture passages and there would be colors and different things like that. And so these people were extremely charismatic in their faith. And so they believed that like there were colors to what the Holy Spirit was trying to say and certain colors represent different things. So I, obviously that's a doctrine. Um, that's something that is not necessarily dogma, but that's part of the episode we're talking about. And so these people, this this guy who went to the school, his parents, who are totally separate from the school, would go to conferences and different things like that that were Wiccan conferences. So they would go to these Wicca conferences and conventions, buy a booth, set up a booth, and set up their cards. And as people that were subscribing to Wicca different thought processes would come to their booth thinking they were cool tarot cards. They would pray with people and they would ask the Holy Spirit to reveal which card to use with this person. And on the back of that card would have a scripture passage that would speak into this person's life. And they would see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people literally come to faith in these Wicca conventions because of their cards that they were using there. So this was the purpose of the card. 
to lead people to Jesus that were in a dark world that wouldn't have been otherwise come to church or asked questions about faith or, you know, even like listen to a theology podcast on, on Apple or whatever. These people were completely far from faith. They were not interested in learning about faith, but these people were reached by this specific thing. Now, again, all that they did was doctrine. These are This is their thought process. This is what they believe. But obviously what I was explaining with Josh, with this gentleman, the fruit that is evidenced in what was happening there is undeniable that people were becoming Christ followers. They would give them Bibles. They would, they would pray with them. They would help them see what they needed to do. Help some of, some of these people were released from extreme bondage of like insane, like depression and anxiety and things that they had dealt with for decades right there at this convention. And all of this, because a conservative Christian in at Christianity today decided that they wanted to accuse Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry of using tarot cards. A single destiny card had never even been to the Bethel campus in Reading, <laughs> ever. And yet they made this conflation and they construed these two things together. And so like that's exactly what you're talking about, Josh. Like to the conservative person that is working at Christianity today – that is a very liberal thing. That's very kind of new agey. Yeah, That's like, super oh, I don't out know there. how I feel about sure. that. And so we're going to write this article about it because, man, Bethel is dangerous. Bethel School and, and Bethel Church, it's just dangerous. And I'm going to say this. This is the second. I like to make bold statements if you haven't figured that out about me. So my second bold statement of the day, my first one uh, was earlier when I was talking about um, something else. And I can't remember. Off the time. You said that Jesus <laughs> so doesn't need you to defend him. Oh, yeah, that's Jesus right. Can that's my first bold st- Jesus doesn't need you. I'm just going to stop it there. Um, <laughs> but my second bold statement, Bethel Church in Redding, California is not dangerous. They just are simply doing the things that they seem that they see Jesus telling them to do. They're following the Holy Spirit and they're listening to that and they're being attentive to that. They are not a dangerous church. They do not have dangerous theology. They are not dangerous people. They are just simply people that want to see Jesus lifted high. They want to see the Holy Spirit glorified. They want to see God magnified on the earth. They want to see the kingdom of heaven be on this earth. They want to see the earth become like the kingdom of heaven. It's not a dangerous place. So Jesus doesn't need you to fight his battles. And Bethel is not dangerous. Right on. Those are my two bold statements. (laughs) Right on, man. No, I dig it. And I think that's important too, especially uh, because even if you disagree with the more, you know, charismatic theology, which I don't, you know, know fully how I feel about um, a lot of that stuff. Although I guess uh, probably to some super conservative people, I, they would probably label me charismatic. Um, I think it's Josh Bethel isn't dangerous, bro. Right. Seriously. It's no, not. No, I, well, I love Bethel music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've, I have read, um, a fair amount of books that have come out of Bethel. Um, yeah. And so anyway, um, I just think what Marty is getting at too, is it's important to do your research and know what you're talking about before you go making accusations of people. Um, yeah. And also, it's not worth your time uh, to just uh, try to like go after somebody uh, for something they disagree with, that you disagree with. If it's not like if somebody is is going around saying things that are actually crazy, like I don't know, 
um, you don't, you know, you don't need Jesus or uh, Jesus wasn't the son of God. Jesus, you know, wasn't resurrected. Those kind of things uh, that might be more worth uh, having a conversation about. Um, but just straight up, you know, going around and, and tearing people down is, is um, you know, is never cool. Um, and I, I mean, I get where, where, you know, people get these ideas from, you know, about like, be careful about um, like false teachers and uh, wolves in sheep clothing and stuff like that. Um, I totally get that. But I'm going to make a bold statement and say, uh, just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean they're a false teacher. And just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, like we have to realize, uh, like I said before, that, um, you know, people, uh, they think and they pray and they read their Bibles and they study theology and they're seeking after God with their whole heart. And, um, you know, just because they have something uh, different than you, as long as it's not in the level of dogma or Jesus, then that's okay. Um, and they are brothers and sisters in Christ. And also, too, I'd be as bold to say, Marty, that a lot of things that people hold as doctrine are probably more opinion questions as well. Yep. So, I don't know. I yep. mean, we could we could continue this conversation all day um, about this kind of stuff. We could? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> we could? Do you have the time? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 so, like, I don't know. Um, I mean, do you have any anything you want to close up with? Um, like, any thoughts... Oh, also, real quick, I just thought of something I wanted to say. When you were talking about that whole, like, people getting um, upset about the uh, evolving in pursuit of what you said, uh, that sure as heck sounds like God's sovereignty to me. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave that there. That very much sounds like a thing to say about God's sovereignty. Wow, like, creation listens to what God says and, and, and does what God instructs? Hmm, I don't see why that's a dangerous statement to make, but I'm being a jerk right now. They're just scared because the word evolving was used. And so they think they can't get beyond the one word. And so, and, and truth be told, that song, So Will I, probably has like 8,000 words. Oh, that's and it has a lot of words to that song. But that one word in that song is the one is like literally, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, like I've had conversations with worship pastors who are not allowed to sing that song in church because of that one word. Yeah. And like, and, and I get it that there's a, there's when, that a senior pastors has a, has a job and has a role to protect the flock and they know their flock and, you know, worship pastors out there. If you listen to this and you're a worship pastor, like, I I just got to be honest, like, I don't know everybody in my church well enough to say like, yeah, that song would be fine. At least yet. I mean, I've only been here seven months. So like, I, you know, I don't know that the answer to that question And my senior pastor does know the answer to that question very well, in, especially in comparison to myself. And so if someone's making that, if someone's in a situation like me and their senior pastor is making a statement, like maybe we not, maybe we ought to not do that song. Could we change the word or something like that? Like it's worth listening to that person because they know their church well enough. And so I get that aspect of it, but uh, I'm just saying that, you know, we, sometimes I think we get hung up on one thing and then we, and for me, it was less about the song and more about the way that 
you know, conservative Christians looked at Jill Houston, you know, and they're like, well, we're never going to sing another one of your songs ever again. And then saying, you know, came to my rescue oh. <laughs> that's that, that next Sunday and, you know, forgot that Jill Houston wrote that song or like, you know, we're, we're never going to do anything that Hillsong Church does ever again. But half their people in their church went to the Hillsong concert two nights before. Uh-huh. Like the idea here is like to throw the baby out with the bathwater is a really dangerous thing to do and to and to just make, you know, there's one statement made by a church. And this kind of goes back, Josh. I I mean, I, I know we're getting to the end of our time here, but like this goes back to the whole thing that happened with Bill Hybels, where like he was placed on such a pedestal and he was looked at and revered as such an amazing, awesome man that when he failed, no one knew what to do. Oh, yeah. And like, and so like, when we look at these churches like Hillsong and they've got like, you know, 12 or 13, I think it's even more than that now, campuses around the world, and they're so big and they're so massive and there's so much going on. There's multiple different bands. There's multiple different, you know, pastors in the church. And, you know, okay, they're not all going to be perfect individuals. They're going to say and do things that you're not going to agree with. But that's okay because you don't go to Hillsong Church. And if you do and you have a problem with it, that's a thing you need to work out. But if you don't go to Hillsong Church, but you like listening to their music on the radio, except for when they use the word evolving in one of their songs, like, it's not a battle worth fighting, honestly. Right. It's a decision you need to make, but it's not a battle against other Christians that you need to go out and stay. You know, man, there's a real problem with the Christian church, and the perfect evidence of it is this song. Um And as a worship pastor, I feel like I see this a lot because there's a lot of music out there and there's a lot of things that happen that people kind of look at songs and the words that are written in a song and they just tear those things down and they like they go after like here's why like there's articles out there why you should never sing another song by Hillsong and Bethel ever again or like. You know, here's a, a list of 10 songs you should all, everyone should stop singing in their church from now on. And it's like, you know, songs that like, you know, everyone's been singing in their church for a long time, but like a song like Oceans is on that list. And the reason is it's just annoying. <laughs> and it's like, like, you know, guys, like, let's look at the words and like, there's probably great use for that song in specific instances. And I get, yeah, it's been played a lot, but it was a good song. (laughs) It still is a good song, you know? And so like the whole premise of the whole idea is that we are not here to break down and tear down other believers at all. We are here to number one, follow after what the Holy Spirit and what God and Jesus asks us to do. So if you're not in constant prayer asking what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, stop, don't go any further, and cont- and begin doing that. Like, don't do anything. Don't go on Twitter and tweet at people. Don't go on Instagram and DM people. Don't go on Facebook and post things about your faith. Stop and spend time with the Holy Spirit asking him, what do you want me to be doing in this place? I need discernment. I need to know how I'm supposed to be used in your kingdom. That's number one. If you haven't done that, stop. Don't go past go. Don't collect $200. Like, don't do anything. You're in jail until you pray and talk to God (laughs) (laughs) from this point forward. Um, But then after that, like, if you've done that and you're constantly talking to God, I guarantee you, God is not going to tell you specifically 
find these people who are doing this thing that you don't know very well and tell them that they're wrong and that they're going to hell unless they follow your personal doctrine. He's not going to say that to you. So, like, just you need to understand that I believe that God wants us to build each other up. And I think that God wants us to work together as followers. So there's enough division in our world anyway. And wouldn't it be radical if there was this group of people, this massive group of people around the world that could unify and come together for a greater cause? I think that would be something that people would be like, whoa, like that is totally radical and different. That's not the way our world is right now. We're called to go against the grain. We're called to do the opposite thing that the world is doing right now. The world is condemning people. The world is tearing people down. We need to do the opposite. And that's what being a Christ follower is, going against the grain and doing what Jesus is asking us to do, which is never going to be easy. So my challenge is to just be bold and not tear people down. Yeah, no, absolutely, Mara. I think that's great. Um, You know, the... that's, I guess that's probably the thing that frustrates me the most is the division that it creates within the body of Christ. Um, because just like you said, the world is already divisive and then they look to Christians and the, you know, stupid shit they say on social media and Twitter and the way they talk to each other and the way they talk to others. And it's like, whoa, these guys definitely don't look very united. They definitely don't look like they love this guy called Jesus. Um, so like that has to change, but also, I guess to just don't, cause I already see like the DMs flying in, um, you know, what Marty and I are not saying is that every single person's opinion about God or whatever is right. Don't hear us saying that. Um, don't take us out of context. It is important. Like I said, at the offset of the show, it is important to think about, to pray about, to use wisdom and discernment when it comes to doctrine. That is extremely important, and you need to do those things. It is important to know what dogma is. It is important to have your faith anchored and centered on Christ Jesus. These are the things that make mm-hmm. up the body of Christ. So we're not calling for some loosey-goose, everybody's good kind of thing. But what we are saying is, when there are other people that are out there that have prayed, that are seeking wisdom, that are using discernment, that do read their Bible, that do love Jesus, and then they have a different uh, doctrine on something than you do. Perhaps it's women in ministry or you know whatever it may be. Recognize that that person is a brother and sister in the body of Christ and that um, unity with them together is better than just you know causing division. And that doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but that's also okay. You can be in community mm-hmm. with somebody that you don't agree with. That's fine. That yep. is fine. I mean, you know, I think about how the body of Christ, you know, as Christians were called, um, it seems to be like God likes this, this marriage metaphor of, you know, of being in marriage um, and having a relationship. And here's the thing. In relationship with my wife, there are things we disagree with, but we still love each other yep. and we still stay united and we, you know... You know, we we stick to our our vows of of being faithful to one another and, um, you know, staying together until death do us part. Um, And I think we can learn from those kind of things. That's important. Um, So, yes, please study theology, read your Bibles, pray, seek wisdom, seek discernment, seek out conversation with people who disagree with you. Now, I use the word conversation because we need to come to the table willing to be wrong you know, with an open heart and open mind, um, and humility. 
and, and seek out those conversations. Try to learn different perspectives. And if anything, it'll help bolster your faith. If you want to, you know, mm-hmm. if you want a more selfish reason than like you're not down with the whole unify the body, you want to be selfish, it will make your faith stronger. If you can understand and articulate a position that is different than yours and still hold to your position, then that <laughs> that means you're pretty strong, you know, in your belief. But if you can't do that, uh, then I don't, you know, you might not believe what you what you think you do um, all that strongly. So I guess that's all we're trying to say. You know, Josh, there's a there's a phrase that. Uh, drummers use and I'm pretty sure it's used in different uh, like different places as well but just maybe like different terminology but um, <clears throat> the phrase is uh, that a drummer needs to go get to, to go get back in the woodshed uh, and like or like to go spend some time in the woodshed and like that means like when 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 you play a lot with drumsticks they begin the, like the sticks begin to break and shred apart so like, okay. like that's the woodshed I guess um, but I think it could also be that some people like maybe used to had to like have a separate practice space or whatever <laughs> right. but um, <laughs> and then and like their wife was like no you're playing out in that woodshed I'm not listening to that all day long <laughs> but I think that that's an idea that we as Christians can follow you know sort of like the get in the weight room mentality like we need to be opening our Bible we need to be in prayer kind of like I was saying earlier and talking to the Holy Spirit talking to God and listening to what they have to say um but like if we aren't doing that regularly like we need to go get in the woodshed and we need to spend some time with that and not not abandon that and think that like our own personal intellect, our own personal um, like, you know, uh, psychology or our own personal, you know, hey, like I've really I've personally really thought this through a lot. OK, well, how much have you have you, how much time with God have you spent on this? And, and I think that's the idea. So, like, you know, if your answer to someone's question about your piece of doctrine is, oh, well, there's this one verse in First Corinthians that says that. That's not spending time in the woodshed. That's reading or that's Googling, hey, what verses are there about speaking in tongues? <laughs> <laughs> and then like and then remembering what that verse is and then maybe even going the extra step, the extra mile and memorizing said verse. That's still not spending time in the woodshed because if you don't know your scripture inside and out, if you don't know you know, if you don't personally have that relationship with God inside and out in such a way where like everything that you do, you're just thinking you're you're constantly thinking of it through the lens of Christ. You're thinking of it through the lens of scripture. Like you are not I mean, like that's the idea. You we need to be in the woodshed. And like that's the the challenge I'm giving everyone here today is like, you know, be in the woodshed regularly. You know, be in the weight room. You know, don't give that up. <clears throat> you know, if you ask any athlete, you know, that's a professional you know, they don't make it to the pros and then rest from that point forward. They make it to the pros and they're constantly in the weight room. They're constantly improving their craft. And we need to do that Absolutely. as well as Christians. So that's my, that's my final word. Boom, roasted. <laughs> or no, that's not your thing. Marty likes to say zapped. <laughs> yeah, zapped. Got him. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, uh, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and just in general, thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, Marty and I uh, both feel super blessed that we have, you know, the opportunity to uh, have conversation with one another and then, you know, that there's a platform to put it out on um, and that people uh, can come to us and say, wow, this is great. Or, wow, you guys suck. Let's have a conversation about it. Um, I know I'm just I feel blessed. I feel excited. Um, to be able to be a part of this. And so thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your support. Um, and thank you for challenging us and, and all those things. 
And so, uh, blah, blah, blah. What's the stuff we say at the end of episodes? Oh, if you haven't done this before, please, please, please uh, rate and review us uh, on iTunes or on Spotify or, you know, whatever you use to listen to this podcast. It'll help other people find us, um, you know, and that's just, that'd be cool. <laughs> also, uh, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we were there. We're on Twitter at uh, Theology Doesn't Suck. Uh, we also have a website, theologydoesn'tsuck.com. And even though we are, especially recently, very bad at using it, we need to revamp it. We have a Facebook discussion group. You can find it on Facebook. Just look up Theology Doesn't Suck discussion group. Uh, there's a cute little question there for you to answer, and then we will. Uh, We'll let you into the conversation. So if you like to have conversation, hop on that and be a part of the solution to make our Facebook conversation group uh, actually conversational. You were going to say something else. Well, I thought you were going to say you were going to say you were going to say it. You were going to do it. You were going to say, be part of the solution to make our Facebook conversation great again. You were going to say that. I was going to, but then like, I was like, well, there's so much weight with that. And also I'm going to make it very clear that I am not a Donald Trump supporter, but also I, well, we can talk about (laughs) politics another time, but I kind of have a standoffish approach, which we did. We talked about the voting episode. If you want to know my political views, go listen to our episode about voting. But yeah, I almost said it. But, but truthfully make, make our Facebook conversations great again, because that is a truthful thing. That is (laughs) is indeed (laughs) our our social media conversations in general in our world. Very much. So like (laughs) that's, that's all I meant by it. I didn't mean it. Right on. Well, you know, people get upset about stuff. So, I know that's their problem. All right, Matt, cut us off before we say something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> All right, guys, see you next week. Uh, go Caps. Go Blackhawks.